SAFM, leading the conversation. Nothing conventional on the viewpoint. on SAFM. Aleph, good evening. Thanks for joining us on SAFM. Hi, Songhezo. Good evening. Thank you for having me on the show and good evening to the listeners. Wonderful. Please elaborate what the thoughts are, at least from Africa to Kun's perspective, as to how South Africa has not been standing firm and why this is an opportunity missed as it relates to not just the 16 days of activism campaign, but generally speaking in the wake of all of these matters affecting and afflicting gender-based violence in the country. Uh, thank you, Songhezo. I think, I think it's a very relevant topic, particularly around this time of 16 days of activism around gender-based violence, but I think the first thing that we, that we say as an organization is this conversation has been going on for way too long. Um, gender-based violence has been an issue in South Africa for a very, very long time, and it's time to do something about it, not in a reactive way when the next horror comes about, when um, a particular guy then massacres his family or, or, um, or we, we hear the stories in the news, but in a proactive way when we go into conversations with both genders not just women, but men and women, and ensure that um, we can, one, have conversations, but two, also do something practically about it. One, to, to ensure that the conviction rates go, are higher for perpetrators, and two, to ensure that um, people, particularly women who are currently vulnerable and unemployed, get access to opportunities to develop themselves. And that's kind of how we stand into it as an organization. It has been for a long time, and have been activists in the space um, of gender-based violence uh, for both young women and adults. But in the light of the fact that, and I think I do agree with you when you say South Africa missed an opportunity to stand firm, there have been just one or two things in this 16 days of activism campaign that have just shown that South Africa doesn't quite yet grasp the pandemic that is gender-based violence in this country, violence at large, and almost the sense of institutional protection that certain individuals are afforded that others ordinarily in society are not. The case of what's happening in Mbumalang, and I just forget the designation of the designation of this individual who has got all these mounting allegations, very serious rape of girl child, getting one's position back in this period, despite the seriousness of the allegation, we have seen many people fall for far less. The fact that it took a public outcry of that kind is precisely what one would even say is the problem that we have in this country, whereas right cannot just be done without right being done before. I mean, without right being done only after a public outcry, in a sense. 100%, 100%. So, I think what... what uh, relating to that, I think it's almost a sense that we condone it, isn't it? And mm-hmm. um, until as an outcry happens, and that's not only in a political sense, but it's also an organization, and um, that these these kind of things have been shoved under the carpet for too long. And for us as an organization, we have um, one good in the organization. We have about 350 employees, and we train all of them around issues of gender-based violence, around sensitization of, of gender in general. Um, uh, sexual issues um, and, and what, is, what does it mean? What, what does gender-based violence actually mean, both from an emotional abuse point of view and a physical abuse? Um, and we hope that they then, um, in their turn, communicate with our beneficiaries again and almost want to create a movement where people are sensitized to this and also can tolerate it. And I think that's, that's kind of what, on the one hand of the coin, what we're trying to achieve. The second hand of the coin that you're trying to achieve is actually ensure that women are empowered, not just from an economical point of view, but also from 
a traumatic perspective to ensure that they have access to counselors, have access to um, lawyers, um, so that when when they experience gender-based violence, that they know that they know that there are things that they can do in order for them to for it to stop without their lives being in danger. Yeah, I think my producer is on point here. Yeah, she's just confirmed. Thanks, Kanya. Thanks, Lesejo. The Bumalanga ANC has reversed its decision to lift the suspension of a provincial executive member. He is accused of raping his yeah. two daughters. Of course, this was released on Friday last week, and I just missed it. But I think that's precisely the point. Now, as we head into silly season, as I like to refer, refer it, yeah. it is summer. The days are longer. People ostensibly are happier. And the free flow of liquor is something which we all know is going to happen in the country, more especially with so many people yeah. being on holiday. And that is a sine qua non to gender-based violence in this country. And the question is, in a year with so much trauma as it is, can we really afford the statistics that in recent years we have been used to even happening in 2020 in these times? No, we can't. Um, and I think that's that's a very, very short answer um, so but the effect of matter is, is that we really found this society. And my call to, to my fellow South Africans, and particularly men, is in, in the spirit of, of Ubuntu, um, and, and which, which is such a beautiful thing about South Africa, is to rather um, when, when one drinks or when, uh, when alcohol flows freely, as you say, uh, rather than um, having, letting it have a negative effect, rather than sort of before you drink, ensure that the people around you um, are aware of the spirit of Ubuntu, that you are acting in, in a manner of that, is, uh, rather than destroying by uplifting your community. And I think you really need to take a radical approach to that, to ensure that um, this December is not going to be as silly as normal, that, uh, that we're not going to see the same rate um, as an organization. We stand for that, and we, we truly hope that um, the Sarafkan at large um, is reacting not just to these 16 days of activism, because that's just to create awareness, isn't it? But to, in a lifestyle, that we against gender-based violence in general. And when one sees it, that we immediately stand against it. The president very recently announced a, a council or established a council for GBV. First of all, I just don't mm-hmm. take anything that this president in particular likes to announce. A council after a council after another council. There are co- in this country, there's a council for SOE boards. Are any of these things, particularly this council for GBVs, is it going to yield any tangible outcomes for the purposes of fighting the violent society that we are firstly and the very patriarchal society that we are? And then when you put patriarchy and violence, you get the statistics of gender-based violence in this country. How is a council going to attend to all of that? Well, I think in, in South Africa, we have a history of doing having really good strategies in place. And I think that's exactly what, what a council will achieve, is having a really good strategy. But in the end of the day, it's all about implementation. If we do not sort out our justice system, if we do not sort out um, the exactly what you're indicating, the patriarchy that's still existing in society, then these issues are going to remain. So we need to address this underground practically um, through organizations like Africa to put without beating ourselves on the chest too much. Um, but we have been standing for, um, against GBC for a very long time. And I think there are many, many organizations who do so. Um, and it needs to reach the, the, the average citizen, both in a suburban area, in a township, in a rural community, that gender-based violence is not okay. And we don't need councils for that, we just need action. You see, on, on that point, it has to filter to the ground. There are organizations that do that. 
There's mm. Songhe Gender Justice, for instance. There's a Human Rights Commission. Mm. There's the Gender Commission itself. There are the legal instruments that exist, most notably represented by the police, who then are the first ones usually or should be the first ones to intervene when there is a threat of violence or an instance of violence, together with the many social partners that are on the ground. Why then is that not better coordinated within a ministry or within the provincial governments or even the local governments? Why did it a step, Why did it need to take a council? Here's why I'm asking these series of questions. We seem to have missed the diagnosis in this country. We think that institutions will solve the challenges that are taking place in society and the societal voice that has in many instances the solutions required to take care of the problems within their milieus taken out of the equation and as such they feel disempowered to participate because they're oftentimes being overridden by the establishment among other things of councils and institutions Mm. that are centrally located in the presidency that are far removed from the people and the problem. Um, I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head there. And the one, the one hand is bureaucracy, and the other hand is that um, it's, it's easy for for parties to lose touch with what's really happening on the ground, unless it's an election campaign or something like that. Um, and I think sometimes that's what happens, and that's why you need a strong civil society. And I think South Africa is blessed with a strong civil society to keep politicians accountable and to ensure that whenever a strategy is laid out and when strong terms like a, a gender-based violence pandemic are being used, that serious um, um, consequences from a political perspective, serious action from a political perspective are also implemented. And, and that's why you have all organizations somewhere. And uh, there are small, small examples. Um, in deep situation organization that is lawyers against abuse. Uh, just a, a bunch of lawyers and psychologists who are helping women who are victims of gender-based violence, and those are the heroes that are often unsung, but are on the front line in order to fight for the present focus on them. Final comments in relation to the work ahead for you guys as you look to play your part in the fight against gender-based violence. How's your December, and more especially January, New Year, newfound optimism, and there's hardly any money to go around, more especially after the year 2020. Your problems, or your work, or challenges even, might be a little tougher going into the New Year than ordinarily before. Yeah, I think I think we are anticipating a tough 2021, uh, and um, we we have been blessed with a with a good 2020, um, in the sense of being relevant during both COVID and after post COVID pandemic. So as, as an organisation, we look at a holistic, long term approach, and quick fixes often don't work. So our our take is we educate people, we ensure that they are aware of issues like gender-based violence, but in the end of the day. We try to make them economically empowered to ensure that they can make their own decisions so that um, if a woman finds herself in an abusive relationship, that she's not reliant on income of a partner, but that she can actually make the choice to say, okay, well, I'm not going to tolerate this long any longer. I'm moving out. I'm, go- I'm moving on. Um, and if we, we exist for 26 years. I've been doing this for 26 years. And um, 2021 is another hurdle. It's another challenge. And we're looking forward to to face the challenge and to make our positive contribution in the fight to particularly in this case gender violence. Well, if this is of any consolation, you certainly do have a friend on SAFM, and that is the viewpoint. You're most welcome to give us a sense of a running account in terms of how your progress is going and the national discourse and more especially solutions as they pertain to gender-based violence, uh, certainly not just within the 16 days, but well and truly beyond, because really it should be a lifestyle as opposed to a campaign. In fact, that is exactly the problem.
Absolutely. And we keep you to that endeavor. Thank you so much, Aleph Muhlenberg, CEO of Africa to Kun, talking to us about how South Africa missed an opportunity to stand firm against gender-based violence this coming in the wake of 16 days of activism, as well as before, as well as after. After the break, we continue the conversation. Mr. Altaf Kazi, General Manager for Global PR and Communications at the South African Tourism Organization Welcome Workshop Initiative. After this break, it will be him.